Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Shadowcast, episode 9. I'm Whiskey Neon, and tonight I'm joined with Mr. Chin and the amazing Zandy. Black Math is currently drunk and may join us at some point. Um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but... Yeah, we we uh, we haven't. Our last episode was about the the Ken saga, so we we weren't able to do a proper one because I I, I said on the show that Zandy, you were flying to uh, Germany, but that wasn't the case. I was wrong on my weeks. Uh, but that night, um, Black Math got in a fender bender. So <laughs> holy shit! No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He. Uh, he got in a fender bender and was able to get some work done that he needed to get done on his car anyways, out of all of that, so <laughs> So who did he hit? I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um I didn't ask their their for their information. I think that's his job when they're exchanging insurance. Uh I don't know. But it was icy weather and all of that stuff, so that's who's to blame? Mother nature. But uh yeah. So we're here now, and uh, we're gonna have an action-packed show. But I have a, I have a, I have a side note about getting in accidents and all that. What's up? Uh, if you're, uh, if you're involved in any sort of accident, um, and you go to your insurance company and, and you know say, hey, I don't have any pictures or anything, it's really a good idea if the other party doesn't have a picture of you taking a picture. Does that happen? Does that Sounds happen like to you? Fucked up. The, the, who? No, I was I was the other party. Oh really? <laughs> That's awesome. Also, another tip: if you um, witnessed a wreck, uh, then then just don't get involved. Just leave. Don't be a party <laughs> to it. Yeah, you have firsthand experience on that. <laughs> I, I, I had a four-year-long lawsuit because I witnessed an accident, chased the person who caused the accident down, forced him off the road, confronted him because uh, I thought that he had just killed the person. Uh, the uh, car was trying to merge. This dude wouldn't let him merge, so he goes off to his shoulder and runs into the back of a parked semi. And so... I saw the person's face the second they hit the back of the trailer. So I was instantly like just, I don't know, I snapped. And I forced the car off the interstate and, and yell at him and curse at him. And the and then the cop shows up and I'm like, this is the dude who caused it. The wreck's over there. And he's like, okay, well, I got to go to the wreck. Y'all come back over and, and, you know, come talk to us at the scene. And since I was still blocking the car, I went in the back and took a picture of his license plate. Hopped in my car, went back around, filled out the full police report, and gave them the picture and all of that stuff. And uh, then went to work extremely traumatized by the fact that I just saw someone die. Like, the second they faced death, I was witnessing that, you know? So, I don't know, months later, I get a, a notice that I'm being sued for causing the accident. <laughs> and... <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, the case was settled the day before I was going to court. I went to a deposition and everything. Um, got questioned by the guy. They they were trying to get access to my Facebook account. Um, <laughs> I had made a blog post on MySpace at the time 
about it in a very non-specific sense. Uh, but it was uh, me just kind of venting all of my frustrations over how the dude didn't care at all that he just killed the guy. And uh, I was very upset. And I'll never forget during the deposition, the um, the guy who's suing me, his lawyer, decides that it's it's like a good idea to read the entire MySpace blog post. And... <laughs> And all it does is it ends up making the dude look like a jackass. Um, <laughs> and no, no, here's what actually happened. I Now that I remember, he had me read it. He had me read it. And so I did it full of emotion, like I was reciting some Shakespeare thing. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I'll never forget, because uh, there's some point where I say fuck, and I emphasize fuck heavily. And that uh, deposition, and the the guy who who hit the semi, he actually came out of it alive with severe injuries. He, he was d- disabled, you know. Um, the, it's him and his wife in this deposition, and his wife's just crying throughout my blog post. So it was it was definitely a poetic uh, rant. Um, so yeah, uh, that whole thing went on forever. And they finally settled, and I was out of the picture. So, so yeah, like, what happened there was the dude never went back to the scene of the crime. He just left. He just left. And it was all that they had with identifying that dude was the picture I took of his license plate. And if I would have not gotten involved at all, just kept driving, yeah, that guy would have been screwed over, but I wouldn't have been drugged into it. He was trying to say I was the one who caused the accident as a way for him to get out of it. So so when that guy made that accusation and, and sued me, I immediately became I was sued by the trucking company and the dude whose car hit the truck to cover their ass in case I was in fact the one who did it. And so being just became a giant. Yeah. Soldier. Yeah, I was sued by all three people in the case. Um and I had an amazing lawyer who who was able to just he he was incredible, and he took care of the whole situation. But yeah, just don't get involved at all. It, it's a horrible experience uh, to be drug into like that, and a lot of a lot of nights wondering like what's gonna happen if I lose this somehow. <laughs> like why do they want my Facebook so badly? I wanted to get the EFF involved. That's how like upset I was over the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, that would have been good. It would have been good. And so you know, the EFF, you kind of had um, some fun with some uh, passionate uh, freedom fighters uh, over at the Chaos Communication Congress. Did you not, Zandy? Oh yeah, the whole thing was uh, an absolute blast. If I had to do some kind of like post-con recap, I'd say it's definitely worth going to, uh, by far, easily. Well, that 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 just um, sold me. I mean, I've never heard a more passionate uh, endorsement of anything. Uh, <laughs> so, wait, like, give me some highlights, bro. You, you're the Shadow Systems representative uh, out there. Uh, tell us, tell us the whole thing in a too long didn't read version. 
Oh, too long. Well, too long didn't read. How short does it have? To okay, okay. Normally, be? normally your your like extended version is 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 a too long didn't read version. So how about you just uh, write us a novel and tell us things so that we know what happened. <laughs> okay, I'll try. Well, first off, I think it was uh about four days long, but I kind of lost track because I was having so much fun. Um, the talks were all amazing. They had like four different main talk tracks going on at the same time that were all being live streamed to the internet. So even if you couldn't make it, you could still easily watch the talks in their entirety. Uh, beyond the talks, they had all kinds of workshops happening. They had all kinds of different hangout areas to go to, all kinds of bars, all kinds of parties. Uh, if you want to compare uh, cons just by their parties, I think this easily wins out against any conference I've been to if you're that kind of person but there's so much amazing things to do so many cool people to meet that it was easily worth trucking all the way to Europe to go to um, and something interesting is that you're, uh, even though it's in Germany English is still the primary language there so almost all of the talks were in English some of them were in German but as far as watching a live stream or uh, a recorded version goes, they have teams of translators and people to add subtitles live, which uh, just blew my mind. That is the awesome. audio video setup they had to live stream the talks in both languages, German and English, was just amazing. So, uh, like, if you were there, uh, I'm guessing they had a videographer who was obviously doing the live stream and the recordings. Did they have a projector or a screen up there? For you to see, and maybe possibly with translations, or would you have to like whip out your laptop and, and watch the live stream? <laughs> How did that go? Like for a German talk, if you spoke English, um, I didn't go to any German talks. They did have uh, subtitles on TVs in the actual rooms, and that worked out okay. The TVs could have been bigger, but it was still uh, pretty good. Okay. Um, it was just impressive, but they had. You know, this wasn't just like a B-side setup where they had a camera over on one side of the room <laughs> capturing the presenter and the slides. They had like multiple cameras in different positions. They had eight microphones set up throughout the audience so that people could walk up to the microphones and ask a question. They had people monitoring chat rooms so that people that watched the live stream on the internet could ask questions. And this was all in both... Uh, English and German, as far as I could tell. That's incredible. Um, wow. That, that's, that's a really good production there. I'm sure they had uh, a huge budget for that because that's, <laughs> that seems like a lot of work to pull off and a lot of money, especially for like a TriCaster, uh, multiple TriCasters there. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're interested in how they actually did it, they go over some of their audio video setup in their... Um, infrastructure talk oh that's, uh, and, that's awesome. and speaking of the talks they're all recorded so if you go to uh, i believe it's media.ccc.de they'll have recordings of all of the 32 c3 talks um and the infrastructure one's impressive because they talk about their audio video setup but something that i think was even cooler was how uh solid and reliable the wi-fi and internet connection was 
Oh, really? Yeah, that would be uh, impressive at any con, uh, especially at a, a technology-related con, uh, especially one with elite hackers. So, <laughs> that, yeah, that it is was it, it was the best I've seen because they had open wireless networks for people that had like legacy devices. They had some sort of hacked together, maybe not radius, but some other kind of centralized authentication so that you would have uh, an encrypted connection where it would accept any username password, but the point was encryption. Um, they fully utilized the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz spectrums you know, as much as they could. And I'm actually really grateful they had this because I... I didn't manage to get a phone that worked internationally. So me and a bunch of the other people I was traveling with were just using signal over data over the uh, the conference Wi-Fi with using nice. VPNs. So thankfully, we could still keep in touch with each other. And it worked way better than I thought it would. Oh, that's awesome. Well, like, okay, so for those of, of you who don't know, um, Mr. Chin is an accomplished artist. He's done multiple paintings. Um, and from my understanding, there was a talk called Chinternet Art. Was that about him <laughs> and his and his uh, paintings? Uh, no, I was disappointed myself. Uh, I was hoping to see the first international exhibition of uh, Chin's <laughs> art, but unfortunately, it was only just the Chinese internet, which is uh, whack. It was like a look at. Chinese internet culture and how they do things and it is pretty fucking hilarious I tell you what that's a talk that's worth watching I'll have to check it out then uh what was your what was your like favorite talks let's go through those and give a summary on on what what happened there what you liked about it etc um I've got a list I put together because there were a few that I made sure I went and watched um, the keynote I heard good things about, but I still have to watch. But the one talk that uh, maybe had the biggest impact on someone I know was the Price of Descent talk. Um, and that's one where uh, CAGE, it's some sort of UK civil rights organization, they had a few members come and speak, uh, one of whom he tried to come and speak, but the UK took his passport again. Uh, so some of them are former Guantanamo Bay detainees, and their thing was a lot of their members, uh, for example, the guy that tried to come and speak, have all kinds of allegations leveled against them uh, in secret courts with secret evidence. So as far as they're concerned, they're kind of manhandled and pushed around without any kind of recourse, you know. He tries to come to Germany to talk at this conference, and they take his passport and say, sir, you can't go. And he has no kind of visibility into uh, why he can't go or what evidence they claim they have against him. So it was a bit more of an intersection between civil rights and technology because looking at uh, Glenn Greenwald's partner when he went through the UK a while back, right. They stopped and detained him for nine hours, the legal maximum, because, you know, they say they thought he had some classified information, but it was just as easily could have been some intimidation. 
Yeah, the TSA's done that multiple times too. Uh, Laura Portress, she's gotten trolled heavily by TSA. Hells, I mean, that's something that's happened to so many people. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's a it's a good form of intimidation. I tell you, like I wouldn't want to have to deal with that. Um, oh fuck no, because you're like, man, I've just got a connection. I don't want to yeah, miss my flight. Exactly. You know. Yeah, but, and and it's crazy who they'll do it to too. It's not just like you know someone like uh, a journalist, uh, technologist, especially people specifying in uh, technology such as Tor or uh, encryption. You know those type of things. I could understand the intimidation there and wanting to try to uh, discourage them. But they've even done this to like nine eleven truthers. Like conspiracy theorists, which just furthers the conspiracy theory, but it's just like crazy who they they'll, they'll intimidate so many people just just because they can. I don't understand it. Yeah, it was uh, it was really crazy. They had a a part in the talk where they they had like five questions. They were like, you know, please raise your hand if you have had whatever happened to you, and it ranged from, you know, being detained at an airport for six or nine hours like more than three hours um having your bank accounts seized or frozen with no explanation given and no way to reopen the accounts to uh threats of having your children taken away from you wow hey, that's such a bullshit yeah and uh well the spe specifically the cage uh organization they've had their bank account seized months ago i think maybe even over a year ago and so they've just been operating on cash only and the uk might be a bit different from the us but it's a situation where they have this bank account they're running this civil rights and legal advocacy organization through and the government strong-armed their banks into closing it they have no idea why it's been closed they can't just go reopen their account so they get to go and try to live life on cash as an organization that's pretty that's pretty cyberpunk uh it's fucked up yeah it's fucked up but it's pretty cool <laughs> i like the idea of the entire organization being cash-based that's that's pretty off the grid right there uh so so that was uh the price of descent uh you also i think you said that you liked uh the Crypto Wars Part 2, I'm guessing that was a talk about our current battle that we're dealing with with mandated backdoors and stuff like that. Yeah, that was. And that was a really interesting talk as well. That's recorded, so I would recommend watching it. Um, some fellow from the EFF gave that talk. I don't remember his name, but it's that was worth watching. And it kind of recapped the current situation we're at because it would look back at you know the Crypto, crypto Wars Part 1 and then compare that sort of to where we are today. And we see a lot of the same tropes being pulled out and a lot of the same flawed reasoning for why we would need backdoored encryption. Um, right. So that's that's worrying, and hopefully we'll win this crypto war as well. But uh, within the context of the other talks, like that cage talk, uh, there's obviously uh, some worrying concern for if five, ten years on down the road some Orwellian sorts of uh, encryption laws are put in place that would make people like us uh, victims of that kind of 
abuse where all of a sudden, oh, you are contributing code to Tor or you're filing bug reports or you're using it and then you get your bank accounts seized. Yeah, that that would be pretty shitty. Um, I could totally see that happening too. Uh, if you look at the WikiLeaks blockade, you know, that's a, an example uh, of not using uh, actual you know, closing bank accounts, but where you have a uh, group of organizations, MasterCard, Visa, and other payment processors, PayPal, uh, preventing any donations to that organization. Uh, and those people who attempt to make those contributions, uh, it would be very... I, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sit there and, and like have my personal card attached to a donation to some organization like WikiLeaks. I'll do it via Bitcoin or cash money, but not, uh, not, uh, no, nothing tied to me with a bank account or, or, or credit card. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that actually in the cage talk, they, one of the questions was, uh, you know, your use case is the perfect kind of example of why you would use Bitcoin. And their response was that the, uh, the value of Bitcoin is too volatile for them to use because you don't want to have, you know, a bank account, for example, where you put your money in and then the next week it's worth half of what it was, for example. Well, uh, so there's there's a ways to go on some Receive donations that way is what I would say. You know, uh, just cash out every day, week, whatever. Um you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to, yeah, I, I think just sitting on a wallet would not be necessarily the wisest decision as an organizational, um, you know, move. Although if they had a significant amount of Bitcoins uh, earlier, uh, like, you know, six months ago, it would have <laughs> uh, been worth like four times what it was then. So, uh, yeah. There's ways to go about doing that, but again, if you don't have a bank account, that makes it really difficult to move the money out of the Bitcoin wallet uh, with yeah. all the regu regulations and the and what you have to do for taxes as an organization. Yeah, I I I do not like uh, even having to think about the situation that they have to be in with their finances and keeping track of all of that. Because you know that's the type of organization, if they're running on cash, you know they're going to be very susceptible to an audit because of that, on top of the political reasons why they would be audited, you know? Oh, yeah. It's it's a lot of pressure to put on them to try and have all these extra hoops they have to jump through just to exist and do their thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a talk I would recommend watching to kind of see the real-world impact of... Uh, privacy software and encryption tools if you're into that sort of thing um, but not to not to get onto the whole like crazy Orwellian government stuff for too long uh, <laughs> some other talks that I thought were uh, really worth watching is some local Michigan talent had a logjam talk uh, that was I thought you were Alex. getting away from the uh, dystopian well, 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 I mean, this is still kind of like a bit dystopian because of uh, mass surveillance, but it's still technically really interesting. And, you know, the guy's local, so I got to plug him. 
Yeah, you plugged that guy. So, uh, what was the talk? Uh, it was covering logjam and uh, well, what was it? What was it specifically like talking about the logging? Yeah, yeah, the logjam attack has kind of uh, made the news rounds for a while now, but basically because of possible flaws in Diffie-Hellman, or at least the way it's been implemented as like in software that you just set up and run, it's possible for a nation state-level attacker to passively break Diffie-Hellman. So uh, this should be all fixed and patched by now, but it's definitely an interesting talk to look at if you're running any like SSH servers, VPNs, web servers using S uh, TLS, because you might have to go tweak a setting or two to be safe. But it is the thing that is pretty much in the realm of the NSA and other similarly financed attackers. Mr. Chin, uh, you might want to log into your servers and make sure they're patched. <laughs> Funny. Funny. <laughs> uh, well, so... As, uh, all right, let's see. What What's another one? Give us one last one. Um, one last talk. Let me see what I've got written down. Uh, let's see. Let's Encrypt had a pretty interesting talk about what they saw in their first however many months of being a certificate authority. Uh, that was pretty cool. What were some of the things they saw? Um, well, once they opened it into a public beta, they saw a shitload of certificates being issued. And they talked a bit about how they were, uh, how they got had gotten up to that point with being a certificate authority, developing the tools to try and make them very usable and automated. Like the certificates, they're going for a 90-day uh, expiration period on the certificates to try and force people to set up an automated system to j regenerate the certs. Right. Uh, then they talked a bit about how they would move forward with things and things that they hope to do and, you know, the usual stuff. Right, right. Moving forward type uh, slides. I can envision that. Uh, yeah. And then actually there was um, another local guy that gave a talk. He's also a Michigan uh, PhD student, I think, Zakir. Uh, his talk was on some of the start TLS stripping that they had seen between email servers. Uh, that was the one where the news came out a while back where start TLS commands were being kind of uh, fucked up in the SMTP communications. So uh, an actual encrypted session wasn't being established when it could have been. And the reason it was interesting is, you know, you saw a bunch of countries in the list where they were obviously fucking up start TLS connections like uh, Iraq and Syria but for whatever reason you know Iraq and Syria had you know 10% 8% of their start TLS connections interfered with but then Tunisia had like 98% <laughs> interfered with uh... uh and that's uh there's some active research going on there well so they were um they were stripping it, uh, yeah, Tunisia. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like a a list that you would necessarily think per se, right? Like what it was like Iraq and Tunisia, but then others. It was just kind of like, huh? Well, you know, you think of your. Um, I would think Iran 
China especially would pull this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember how it went down, but Tunisia was like in the 90%. The runner-up was like 12%, and it was, I think, a couple African countries and Middle Eastern countries. Right, yeah. And but the funny thing is, because it's uh, apparently the whole Start TLS thing is kind of like a hack on top of SMTP, because right. the SMTP plain text connection starts, the server sends back headers describing what it can do, and so the opportunities there to trivially just man in the middle of the connection, replace the start TLS header with garbage, for example. Uh -huh. And then the client the client says, oh, no start TLS, darn, I can't do it. I'll just do normal SMTP. Which is why we want to use GPG. Uh, unfortunately, that's not easy to do for a lot of people. You need to go to a crypto party to learn how to use that. And then... If you're lucky, you'll be able to use <laughs> GPG without having to reissue your uh, your uh, public key a million times, as everyone else has experienced. Um, so they were doing this with um, like Gmail. Um, oh, who else? Uh, Yahoo. Uh, um, I don't remember. I'm sure. I'm sure it was probably some other uh, email providers as well, if memory serves me correctly. But yeah, wow, that's. It sounds like you had a good time. Uh, what was? Did you go to any like cool parties while you were there? Like, uh, definitely. The party they had within the conference was really impressive. They apparently had some well-known techno groups come through, but I didn't know much about that. Um, they had an entire room dedicated to a constantly happening, not kind of rave, but just general music, dancing, drinking, having fun sort of deal. Oh, okay. So like Freak Nick with people actually um, dancing and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. People, people were actually getting down. It was crazy. The party was so good that there were people that bought day passes just to party. Well, that's really what you go to a con for, right? Especially one that streams everything. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, we've all been there. Uh, well, that's cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, and maybe maybe we can all make it out some... Are you planning on going next year? Uh, maybe. It'd be a hell of a lot of fun. There's all sorts of fun to have in Hamburg and Berlin. Uh, so maybe next year... Uh, if I go, I'll let you guys know, and maybe we can all make something of it. Sounds like a plan. All right, well, let's move into our first segment. Now it's time for the feed. So we have malware now that is uh, JavaScript-based ransomware. Uh, have you all heard anything about that? Uh, a headline, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's called yeah. Ransom32, and it's being billed as uh, JavaScript ransomware, but it's not truly just JavaScript. It's actually Node.js, uh, and, and it's really it's really funny, actually, because um, the, the payload is like over, I think it was 26 megabytes. Like that's that's absolutely huge for for a piece of malware. 
uh, and and it's kind of clumsy. I, I honestly, uh, like, I don't understand why anyone would want to have an entire Node.js stack running for malware. It's literally, it had to be someone who just knew Node and was like, oh, I can make ransomware out of this. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I, what it does is you actually are installing uh it, it well it, it ships with uh a, an entire chromium uh executable like that's how you, so you got chromium you've got some uh visual basic scripts uh node.js and this uh like freeware application or whatever that allows you to uh like move the um the 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 icon to to where it'll I, I forgot what it was but it basically it was a little icon uh, changing application it's something that you could have totally have done in a different uh, manner without that application needed but it's it's just sort of like someone kind of threw a bunch of things together and made their own unique thing which you have to give them props for but some of the things that's really funny about that is they distribute this malware but they actually kept with this um, the file that's the the license agreement file for Chromium, <laughs> like the GPG or whatever. Uh, not GPG, the the GPL um, like license type thing. I just thought that was hilarious. But um, yeah, it's so you've got uh, your Chromium files, you've got a Tor executable. You've got your uh, Node.js based shit, um, and uh, you know your various uh, files that go with all of that. And what it would do is it would encrypt your files, obviously as ransomware does, but it would not encrypt uh, your system folders. Uh, so uh, it'll just show you your normal. Uh, ransomware page it doesn't look too different because it, it, it honestly it looks very template style I, I've seen it very similar ransomware screens before um, but what's cool what I like about it is of course you have to pay in Bitcoin and it's not even that expensive it's uh, like probably well depending on whenever you uh, buy your Bitcoin or the rate of it. It's just 0.1 Bitcoins. So it's not an, 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 a huge amount. Uh, but of course, when you're buying the malware package, you can specify, you know, all of that amount, um, exactly what variables you want to uh, include there. Uh, so, you know, this is not made for just one dude to go out there and make some money. Uh, this is a product that you can purchase and get the uh, your own package of this. But the funny thing is, is this is all stuff that you can just open up and edit the file yourself. So it's not really doing anything other than, you know, of course, it's it's connecting to their server, uh, their CNC server to be able to do the give you the decryption key. But it's just funny to me because, I mean, everything is just there for you to dig into and, and look and see how it's working, you know. Um, but it does uh, encrypt everything. Uh, and it'll even, 
like if you you have six days or se- well seven days or whatever uh, to pay the ransom or it'll or it'll destroy everything. So it's it's pretty interesting. It's nothing groundbreaking whatsoever. Uh, it's just different, and that's why everyone's like, you know, giving it attention. Uh, I think it's just funny because this is obviously a case of where someone's just using what they know and they're not an expert at uh, malware design, you know. Uh, if they were, they would not be having you download a 20-plus <laughs> meg application. Yeah, if they if they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't have written this using Node.js. Yeah, our Visual Basic scripts. <laughs> I mean, this is 2016. That's something that you would have expected uh, by what was it? There was some uh, piece of uh, it was a worm or something back in the day that used Visual Basic script. Uh, God, what is it? It's like Love Me or I don't remember. But anyway, oh, you're not talking about that. Was it? No, you're not talking about the one that would email you. Yeah, and that's how it spread. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one was Visual Basic based. Wow, really? If was I that remember, Melissa or a different one? Uh, no, it may. No. Was it the love bug? Was that what it was called? I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, it's not relevant. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was that was ransom thirty two is out there. So, or, so you know, be aware of your huge malware executables. Uh, but yeah, so uh, another story here. Um, AVG antivirus. So for everyone who runs on Windows, um, more than likely, especially if you're in a, a work environment, you're going to have antivirus. Uh, a lot of people don't run antivirus uh, because they don't act like a fool and <laughs> need it. Um, but if you do, obviously paying for it kind of sucks because you're going to get these bloated, like, full solutions that'll like wash your car for you you know it's just bloated stuff so forever now people have recommended free alternatives and one of the popular ones back in the day was definitely a vast and avg and avg i guess is still relevant to uh, millions of people out there um and what it does now is it auto installs a chrome extension um and it just so happens, unfortunately, that that extension is vulnerable to cross-site scripting. And um, actually, you can, with the cross-site scripting, you can look at a, a, a victim's history. Um, and this was posted on the Google Security Research uh, Group. Um, and uh, one of the, the, the person who reported this is actually a Google employee. And he was like super pissed off. It's hilarious. You got to see the thread because he's like super butthurt and pissed off about the entire thing. And he and he's writing this like you would not expect a Google employee to be like posting in a public forum in this manner. You know what I'm saying? Um, he was very emotive in his uh, <laughs> uh, in in the way he went about doing this. So. Yeah, there's 9 million people who uh, have this extension installed. Uh, so that's a huge exposure from something that's supposed to protect you from that very type of thing. Um, but what it, uh, what it does, though, is uh, it 
like say if you if you do a search for I don't know uh, cute cat pictures, uh, it, that extension will will hijack your search results and use AVG's Safe Search. Um, you know, they're a little basically it's a wrapper for Google that they could put their ads on, and it's going to just present links that I guess are supposed to be secure. Um, but it obviously opened up over 9 million people to, uh, this exposure, but it's been, uh, patched now. So, uh, everyone can be happy. And if you have AVG, uninstall it (laughs) and, uh, and use something else. I don't even know what to recommend because all of the free ones are crap and all of the premium ones are crap. Uh, I, I just, I'm not a fan of any antivirus solution out there because what I do is if I'm, uh, if I, if I need something, I'll either, I have a VM for that sandbox applications or virus total, just upload it to virus total. And if it doesn't show up, it's like, okay, well, this is either a new piece of malware that doesn't have a signature or, um, or I, I, you know, how often do you even need to yeah, it's just so stupid. I don't understand how people can just uh, open applications and not realize where where it's coming from, unless it's some zero day thing that's that's done in your browser and you got remote code execution going. I just I don't understand how that's even a problem for people. It's because they gotta get shit done and they just want to click the OK button. Yeah, I know, but. I, I guess I guess I yeah well I don't I mean it's very obvious why this happens when people will use like Google search to type in like facebook.com click search <laughs> and then click on the top result which will be Facebook hopefully you know uh so I guess it's not that surprising we still need that well uh, you got a story don't you um, yeah, I've got a, maybe not incredibly interesting story, but I thought it was neat. Um, so everyone's heard of MD5, right? And we all know it, we know it sucks, right? Oh, of course. Well, there's been kind of a stink in the past with, uh, certainly, uh, SSL certificates that used MD5 in their signing. And so, you know, that's very much old news. And even nowadays, we are slowly moving away from SHA-1 because it's starting to show some uh, signs of weakness and we don't want to get caught with our pants down again with weak certificates. Right. There's some research that was published recently about a sloth attack in TLS, which is kind of a similar idea. Basically... Because the MD5 algorithm is weak and has all, sor- all sorts of collisions that we already know about, mm-hmm. it was thought at first that um, it would still be a bit resistant in protocols, but it's not quite the case anymore. It sounds like this, this these sorts of man-in-the-middle attacks are still going to be difficult to do, but if you're designing protocols and implementing things you're going to want to not even bother using MD5 or SHA-1 uh, if you're designing a protocol and you're wanting to sign or have some uh, message authentication code that you're using because they're starting to really show signs of weakness and 
for how long protocols last and how long protocols are backwards compatible. You, know, you don't want to use even SHA-1 anymore. You want to move to something uh, more recent, more powerful. But the kind of too long didn't read of this one is that for uh, certain protocols like a TLS 1.2 client authentication, it could possibly be broken by a man in the middle. Um, some other parts of it, it doesn't look like it's incredibly practical uh, if it's not a powerful attacker that's doing it, but it's certainly something to take note of. Well, like, what constitutes as a powerful attacker? I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, I... state level... Uh, that's totally going to be soaked up and used uh, by a nation state, which could affect us all because if that nation state is breached, I'm not talking specifically about NSA. Uh, it could be another nation state. Um, and what, like at what point, like we're talking main in the middle here, but uh, could this be used in an enterprise? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, possibly. If you're talking about like a man in the middle attack, it will take some, uh, you know, you'll have to throw some money behind it for sure. But it's uh, definitely a loss of security for the protocol as it is. Like, they have a bit here on uh, client authentication in TLS 1.2 where if you're using RSA and MD5, which, you know, you shouldn't be using MD5, but if you are, then according to their blog post, they can do some sort of impersonation attack within you know one hour of computation using 48 cores of so well 48 cores within one hour well hell that's 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 what cloud computing was made for so yeah right you buy a shitload of vc2 instances you break that in uh you know hopefully like a couple minutes if you if you can parallelize it well but it's um I don't know if it's super practical. I guess it's probably something to worry about. If you really want to talk about an organization, uh, you're still going to be worrying about default creds on shit instead of some sort of late hacks or man-in-the-middling your connection and impersonating your client auth using a bunch of EC2 instances, you know. Yeah, I, I, I know what it's, you're it's saying. Kind, it's kind of the thing where, like, the des the protocols you're designing going forwards and the hashes that you're choosing to use, you know, moving away from, you know, MD5's garbage, don't use it. SHA-1 is showing signs of weakness, so move away from that. And, uh, you know, it's just research marches forwards, you know. Yeah, but I, so how many cores was it? It was 60, or what, is it 60-something cores? Well, just, just this specific thing that they have in their blog post is they had 48 cores they used 48. in this attack to impersonate client authentication in TLS 1.2 and that took an hour on 48 cores so it's doable but I, I wouldn't say I'm super worried about it because it does require an active man in the middle right but you know I could spin up uh, 60 cores and uh, have that going like okay here's the scenario say you get the uh, 
you're able to actually cluster this right uh, uh, uh you know among mul multiple uh vpss uh for for just one hour if you're restoring from snapshots and you're ready to go and you drop it on there that would only cost me like less than three dollars so for 60 cores it's definitely not that prohibitive if you've got the the system in place for it so I yeah. would I would gladly pay three dollars to be able to do a man in the middle on an enterprise, um, if I were that type of person. <laughs> if, yeah. If so I this can is, man in the middle, Mister Chin's uh, <laughs> infrastructure, I would spend. I would gladly spend three dollars. Yeah. So it's certainly. I don't know. I'm not personally super worried about it, but it is a pretty cool attack. So. That well. is called the uh, sloth attack. You might see it going around on the Twitters over the past few days. Yeah. But it's yet, it's yet another, you know, named attack on TLS. And it's not, it's pretty neat. It's not devastating, but it's certainly, you know, lesson learned. Don't use old shitty hashes anymore. Right, yeah. I mean... If you get owned by this, then you're running some legacy application, which a lot of people are. Uh, so, if if you're developing a new application and doing this, then no one will feel sorry for you. I won't. I don't think yeah. anyone will. No. Yeah. For for example, they list that uh, OpenSSL 101F has fixed this. <laughs> so, if yeah. you've updated OpenSSL, you're probably fine. Well then, that's good to hear. Uh, well, thank you. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this and see if I can uh, have any fun with this because it would be nice to be able to spin that up for three dollars for an hour. Uh, because just just for the fact of having sixty cores at your disposal would be fun uh, for three dollars an hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so I got a I got an interesting story here about our digital rights. Now, uh -oh. we uh, we commonly have these battles with our digital rights. You know, we don't want to live in a digital dystopia, and the the ongoing battle fought by the EFF is a very noble cause and will hopefully be recorded in the history ebooks in the future. Um, <laughs> So, uh, and there was a pretty big, uh, copyright case because that's, uh, one thing that we unfortunately have, uh, to deal with is, um, copyright related things in, end up imposing on our rights. Uh, so, but, but this is a little unique because this is, this is digital, this is copyright, but it doesn't affect us as humans directly. And this is because um, the U.S. District Judge uh, William Orrick ruled in federal court in San Francisco on Wednesday that uh, a nice little, nice little monkey uh, who took a selfie uh, does not have the copyright to that picture. That monkey is not the copyright owner of the picture it took itself. 
if I took a selfie of myself, I would be the copyright owner. But in this case, the monkey does not have any copyright uh, rights. So uh, the judge said that while Congress and the president can extend the protection of law to animals as well as humans, there is no indication that they did so in the Copyright Act. Uh, and how this whole thing, this whole thing started, right, is this dude was out there and, like, this monkey took his camera and took a picture of himself, like, took the selfie, and it, it just went viral. And PETA, PETA <laughs> wanted a court order that allowed PETA to represent the monkey and let it administer all of the proceeds from the photos. Uh, and so... Yeah, so PETA was trying to be a copyright troll <laughs> and, and represent the monkey. Like, how preposterous is that? Um, but I, I really think it's an interesting question. Uh, if, a, if we do, and we will, uh, within a very short amount of time, achieve artificial intelligence, do uh, artificial intelligence uh, beings... Do non-humans in general have copyright protection? We already have a computer that has composed its own, uh, you know, musical pieces. And if you listen to it, you would think a human composed it. Uh, Who owns that? Is it the programmer? Is it a company? Um, Or is it PETA? That's something we will need to address soon. So I want to start a movement here to where we start advocating for the digital rights and the copyright of uh, animals and uh, other beings. So if you create something, you should have the rights for it. And if Disney can keep screwing over copyright law to protect their mouse, I think that we should fight for the rights of all mice and allow... And allow them copyright protection. So that's something we need to start looking into. Um, and one last story here, and we can move on, is uh, uh, kind of along the same lines here. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of transhumanism. Uh, I like the idea of the singularity outside of the security repercussions. Um, and, and I want cybernetic implants really, really bad. And one lucky guy, well, I wouldn't say he's lucky per se. Well, well, I'll let y'all be the judge of this. Um, when he was a kid, he had a really bad accident. Um, his, his penis was ripped off when he was a kid. And so he had a surgery, and he was able to have a bionic penis put in. And he's lived his entire life without a penis, so that also means that he's lived his entire life as a virgin. Well, now that his bionic penis is in place, he's going to have sex for the first time with an escort. Yes. So he's 43 years old, and he will have um, he will he will be able to have uh, sex with Charlotte uh, Rose, um, who is a 200 pound an hour uh, escort 
who won the British Erotic Award for Sex Worker of the Year in 2013. And she's going to have sex with him for free because she supports uh, his cause. And uh, she, she was quoted as saying, I am so honored that he chose me to take his virginity. <laughs> we, <laughs> we plan to have a dinner date so that we can get to know each other. And then two hours of private time. I'm not charging him. So. <laughs> so Holy shit. So this is groundbreaking, right? We've got a dude with a bionic penis who is having sex for the first time. And the whole world knows about it. And I couldn't be happier for the guy. <laughs> so. Wow. Fucking congrats, I guess. Wow. That, I don't know. It's like, it's the future, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this dude, Muhammad, he's, he's 43 years old. Never had sex. And he's got a bionic penis. I have to wonder, in that scenario, he doesn't know what sex would be like without one. Like, like what, is this going to be like good or is it going to be a huge letdown? Imagine the stress that, you know, like think about that. Like he's losing his virginity as a 43 year old man. And, but then he's also got a bionic penis. This is going to be like, you know, like someone who, like a, uh, uh, like a female to male trans, like transgender scenario where it, it's there, but you don't get all the sensations. I don't know. I have so many questions about this outside of the fact that he's like losing it to an escort for free. Uh, but it's, it, yeah. it, it's a great time to be alive. We're living in the future. We're literally living in the future here where we're having court cases over animal selfies and a dude's going to be, Sticking it to a uh, escort with a bionic penis. This is the future, guys. We're here. Welcome. I wonder. I wonder if the penis is part of the Internet of Things. Like, is this gonna <laughs> live tweet? Oh God! I would. Oh gosh, that would be hilarious if that was an IoT device. I want to know what hashtag I can follow this on. Right. Yeah. If you were to plug this into a computer, would it register as a human interface device? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I almost spit my beer all over my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Zandy, don't you uh, have a segment for us right about now? Straight out of Dade County. We talked about some kind of obsex stuff in the past. And I'm sure you might have always thought to yourself, wait, if I ever got pulled over, could I just give the cop a fake name and get off with whatever I was doing? <laughs> well, a man gave a fake name to a sheriff's deputy to avoid being arrested, but it turns out the name he gave was that of a man who was not supposed to be driving. Yep. So this poor <laughs> dude from Florida, Florida man. <laughs> Gave a fake name to a sheriff, but the fake name he gave was of some other person that had a DUI. <laughs> you know, uh, that that is totally one of those things that would that it, it can only happen in Florida. <laughs> it's really funny too because he gave the fake name because he himself wasn't supposed to be driving because he had a DUI. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. 
Oh god. See, this is why in those scenarios you just you just oh like for me, if anyone ever needs my name, I just always give them Mr. Chin's name. Uh, email address. <laughs> uh, I don't do I don't give out his phone number uh, for fear that he'll change it, but uh, it, it's his first name, his last name, uh, his email address, and the White House's phone number. So uh, that's that's what I recommend everyone do. Docs, Mr. Chin, and then use his information if you're ever in that scenario. Because he's a straight-laced guy. He's I, I don't I don't know, Mr. Chen. Have you ever been? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you've been pulled over and gotten a ticket before, but you haven't had any criminal history, right? Yeah, no. All right, well then, good. I'm safe. I'm safe. That's yeah. That's good to hear. Um, so, Mr. Chen, would what would you do in that scenario? Would you just give your name? Or how, uh, how would you play that out in your mind if, uh, if you had a DUI? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to put myself in that situation. It's not something I would, you know, be in. Um, I don't know. Well, I definitely think I would go with giving your name. That would be a safe bet. <laughs> uh, I will say this. Um, you know, if you go to certain stores... And you put in your uh, your phone number for the discounts, you know. Um, what I always do, uh, I did this at Tom Thumb, and and this was amazing. Uh, I put in two zero two four five six one four one four, which is the White House's phone number, and it showed me as a member. And <laughs> when the receipt comes out, I like saves you know pennies here and there on each item. And the name of my account was George Washington. <laughs> so someone created a savings little thing with the with Tom Thumb as George Washington. So if you're ever at a Tom Thumb, just put in your number as 202-456-1414, and you will be bringing in those discounts. Uh, so yeah. Well, is That's that beautiful? Is that all of the Florida-related news that we have this evening? Uh, I only got one, but there's so much to talk about. You've got to try and really get the best, you know, the cream oh. of the crop. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, th I think that is an amazing example. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we move on to our main topic or what we like to call your mom. Come on, come all. Engaging your mom in three, two, one. Activate. A small number of students have used the site for bullying and sexual harassment of other students. Because the posts are anonymous, we are currently unable to identify who has sent a message. I am concerned about the emotional impact these hurtful messages have had on targeted students. Those statements, those were pulled out of a letter that Principal Carrie Gillian, or Gillian and I don't know, some weird ass name, right? Um, she sent that out to the parents of students at Rivendell Academy in Littleton, New Hampshire on November 19th of last year. What is this site that she's talking about? Well, it's not a site, it's actually an app, and the app is called After School. And holy shit, if parents aren't freaking the fuck out over it. The whole concept behind the app is this, kids download the app, connect it to their Facebook account, and then the kid is thrown into a completely anonymous chat room with fellow students of their school. So it's like 4chan, and in this anonymous style posting system, it has its ups and downs, obviously. 
and in the case of Rivendell Academy, it was used as a platform for sexual harassment and cyberbullying. And Rivendell wasn't just one example. Uh, this is actually happening all over the country. This, this app specifically um, is just spreading like wildfire. Uh, over the past school year, it just it, it, it ballooned in where over 22,000 schools uh, across the, I, I guess just the country or maybe the world, I don't know. I think it's just U.S. based. But um, this app is, is just everywhere and, and, and kids are just gobbling this up. You download the app, you connect it to Facebook, and what it does is it tries to verify that you're actually you know a student of this school how does it do it it looks at geolocation and it looks at the school that you have listed on your Facebook and it's got some other algorithm things that it does to try to make sure that you're actually a student I'm sure it looks at your age and stuff like that now I'm not sure how extensive that is I've been meaning to look into it I just don't really want to necessarily jump into a high school chat room and be like that one person who's like an adult that's creeping on everything but the whole point of this is that it's just for kids so what better a way to uh, create a positive environment for children than letting them speak and be awful to each other outside of school now, I'm, I'm not a big, like, cyberbullying um, social justice warrior, uh, but this application, by design, is to keep adults out. But by its own design flaws, it can allow adults in, like the motivated creeps, not parents who might want to know what the hell's talk being talked about, you know? Um, it's a completely anonymous, so... The repercussions there are, um, there's two of them. There's one where you have, um, you're able to speak freely about things that you would never speak about if your name was associated with you. So if you, uh, if you have a viewpoint about something that's controversial, you can speak your mind without any risk of repercussion. On the flip side, because of that exact ability, you can just be as awful and uh, mean and harassing as possible without any repercussions. So that's the two sides of the coin. And Moot, the creator of 4chan, actually does an amazing TED talk on that exact um, uh, topic of why we need to be anonymous um, and why that needs to be valued. But, you know... Middle school kids, high schoolers, they're awful to each other. We all experienced that in some regard in school, or at least witnessed it. Our hell, uh, some of us even <laughs> were part of the bad side of it all. Uh, so when everything moved online, I know if you look at us, our age range, we were, we were online doing social networking in high school. It wasn't, of course... Uh, you know, all these crazy apps that you have today, but we had Friendster, MySpace, and Facebook, and uh, ICQ, AOL Instant Messenger, Zynga, uh, what was that one, Bebo or something? I don't know. There was tons of them out there. Um, all of these social networks sprung up, and 
you know, there was, back then there was cyberbullying. Hell, if you want to look back at cyberbullying, uh, it, it can go back as, what, 2001 with Star Wars Kid? You know, like, that's a great example. It's one of the first really big viral things that went out there. Uh, and it was also taken by kids who uploaded it online to make fun of one of their classmates. To the point where it's literally uh, screwed his life up to no end because he was constantly harassed. There was a big lawsuit about it uh, not too long ago. You know, so... Uh, it, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Uh, Zandy, have you ever been a victim of cyberbullying before? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. I mean, hell if I know if there's some, like weird stuff where like someone had some pictures or video of me that they tried to make go viral and it just didn't you know that's one of those things where you might not ever know yeah right right like just just imagine if there's like some you know picture of you doing something from like off in the bushes from high school and someone tried to make something out of it with like a geocities page but then it didn't go anywhere yeah (laughs) um well mr chin drops out at the perfect time of course (laughs) <laughs> uh, because I've been called a cyber bully in relation to our friendship with like Mr. Chin and I's relationship, but I wouldn't define our friendship as cyberbullying. Are you, are you sure? All right. Make your case for it being cyberbullying then. I don't know. You pick on him a lot, like a lot. I mean, a lot, you know, I would say what I did to him like in high school was cyberbullying. Totally. 100% agree with it. Like, uh, just, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I did I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that. But nowadays, I wouldn't say that I'm a cyber bully. I wouldn't say that. I'd say that, you know, what? What? I, I DOS his infrastructure? Uh, that's not cyber bullying. That's, that's like, that's like literal cyber bullying. I'm bullying his servers. Like, that's not me bullying him as a person. Um, I, I think I think where you're bullying would be uh, there's a line there where it's bullying versus like like just being friends and, and clowning around type thing. Uh, yeah, well there there's like giving giving each other shit if that's like the understood way the relationship works, and then there's like actually trying to be malicious towards somebody, you know. Yeah, exactly, and and that's where I feel like the after-school app really um, creates an environment uh, intend- uh, completely unintentional uh, to where that happens. They claim to the the app creators claim to have uh, between two to ten million users. Uh, so that's all all children, you know, like high school. I believe you have to be in high school to use the app. But if you go to their website. Uh, the entire page is full of videos of kids like talking about how awesome the app is. So, <laughs> I, like you know, those kids are just sending this, and then like I, I can only imagine being the parent who, who's like, "What is this app? I need to go look at it." And they go to the website <laughs> and see their own kid on they, it. I bet that would just be. They they see the report on the evening news, and they're like, "Oh my god." Yeah, yeah. Actually, as a matter of fact, if you do a news search for after school or after school app, you will see hundreds and hundreds of local news sites 
and other news sites talking about this 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 problem of cyberbullying and just the threats that come with it either sexual harassment or just the fear that that could take place someone could coerce uh, I mean, it's it's a public board. I don't know. You'd have to be pretty fucking stupid to send like nudes of yourself out. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, you know, all your classmates are gonna see this. That would be really dumb. Some people might want the attention, but you can't stop that. That app's not fostering that activity. Anything that's illegal, they remove uh, very quickly. But yep. but the, the this whole it's just it's not a i'm not saying that they need to have it to where your name shows up or your picture shows up that would definitely help alleviate a lot of that or make it easier to identify um the issues uh because of uh in the case of rivendell academy uh that was the the issue that they had there is when the principal goes and and talks to the littleton police department um, or no, it wasn't even it wasn't even the pr- the the principal. It was a student who who talked to the police department. And you know what their reply was? It wasn't even though we can't track them down. Uh, you know that it wasn't even that. It was uh, we can't do anything about this. This is freedom of speech. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and so the school goes and talks to the police chief and. Uh, then explains how you know they're they're putting all of these uh and basically like they'd go to facebook and they'd get a picture of a student and then photoshop it onto some you know like i I don't know if it was necessarily porn but something like that you know what i'm saying like making making image macros and stuff like that um harassing students and so um, they shared this with, uh, with multiple people. Like the school actually went to bat and was trying to do something about this using, um, lawyers and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever method they could use to do something about this. Um, and they've been battling this for months now. They actually brought in a cyberbullying ex expert, whatever that means to do an assembly to talk to the kids about it and that's just one school that's one school that actually cares uh but this is happening all over the country and 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 it's this app specifically that's just sprung up over the past year that's making this extremely easy to do um when we look at cyberbullying statistics because those are always fun um uh, if you look back in 2013, um, 28% of students between the ages of 12 to 18 reported being bullied at school. Uh, so you had this in different ways. Bullying like can be a broad spectrum, right? So yeah. 18.3% yeah. were subject of rumors. 176 were made fun of. Uh, by being called names or were, you know, insulted. Um, eight were pushed, so we actually are moving into the physical stuff there. Six percent were excluded from things on purpose. Well, that's just life. Get used to it. Five um, percent were threatened with harm. Three um, percent were forced to do things that they didn't want to do. And three percent had proper property destroyed. So when you look at that, the actual breakdown... Um, the majority of it was rumors. 
uh, and people like talking shit and starting rumors. And that can be detrimental to the livelihood of a um, kid. That's why the whole entire It Gets Better campaign uh, started due to, you know, um, homosexual kids being harassed and committing suicide. The whole name-calling and rumors, uh, not actual physical bullying, seems to have more of an effect and it seems to be more um, mainstream. And that's, and that's why you're, like, physical, um, like, in, in school, face-to-face, -face, that's the majority of it. So if that's where you, most of your problems are, statistically, uh, when you look at cyberbullying, well, that's a medium in which you can only do the rumors and calling people names. You can exclude them from what? Not being a part of some secret group on Facebook? You can threaten the shit out of people, yeah, but you can't physically harm them, you know? Um, so, when we move into cyberbullying, so 28% said that they've been bullied at some point in some way at school. When you move into cyberbullying, 24%. So it's kind of less. I would say probably now it's more even, uh, being that more kids have phones. There's more methods of doing it. Uh, so, you know, with the various social media networks, you've got, of course, Facebook, but you also have apps like this after school app. You have Snapchat, um, Kick, Yik Yak, all these different apps that are out there. Um, but, and, and then gaming as well, uh, where all of these things can take place. Um, but when you have sexual harassment, 48% uh, of kids are saying that they were sexually harassed. Um, uh, 44 in person and 30% electronically. So that's pretty insane to me. Uh, if those are remotely true... Uh, sexual harassment is way more of a problem than we're ever willing to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, definitely. And part of this, I think, touches on the fact that, like, before people mature, uh, they're shit. Like, yeah. in high school, high schoolers and middle schoolers are total jackasses. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, this kind of plays into a part of that, like, the whole rumor thing and talking shit about other people that'll happen and if you have this nice little anonymous app to do it you know now you don't have to do it to people's face you just pull your phone out and talk shit into a little text box so i would actually be surprised if those uh if those rates don't go up a little bit but um the sexual harassment i think is also a really really big problem because that's something that's really endemic to society in my opinion in america Oh yeah, definitely, and that's and that's a big problem. Is sexual harassment um, is an easy method of bullying someone and and trying to suppress um, you know uh, someone who might be standing up, especially when it comes to uh, if you're a uh, woman on the internet or if you're if you identify as a woman on the internet. Sexual harassment is. Unfortunately, like, just kind of part of just being, like, a woman on the internet. Like, I'm not trying to say that that's acceptable. It's just literally the way it is. Um, I yeah. have I have accounts on various sites as, you know, both male and female genders. And you don't even, you literally, I can have a dormant account. 
I haven't even done anything with. Log into it. It hasn't been. I haven't logged in in a year. And there'll be like like three messages, and, and it'll be just some dudes like trying to like hit on you or, or sending a dick pic. Like. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. Like I haven't. It's insane. I haven't done any of those experiments myself, but from other women I know that, you know, they're online prominently. They've got all sorts of shit they have to deal with just because, oh, you're a woman and you're using the internet. It's it's really pathetic. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's not even, that's just like normal accounts. If you're on online dating, oh my god, it's it's a hundred times worse. Uh, and, and yeah. you know, when you look at... Excuse me. When you look at all of the the issues with cyberbullying, um, you have different sites like you have Tumblr, um, which I try to stay the hell away from um, because I feel like just going to the site, I'm being bullied by just all the stupidity that I witness. Um, but uh, Tumblr allows uh, you know all of these people to group together, reshare, and and do all of these things, but it's, uh, it, you know, you're blogging, you're, you're sharing your images and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, it's not technically a social network, but it, that's kind of, it's like a, like a mesh almost. Uh, it's definitely a place where you're linking to your, your Twitter or Facebook or other sites, ask.fm for people to ask you questions and stuff. Imagine if you just logged into ask.fm and you get a question that hasn't been published yet, you know, and it's sent by an anonymous user uh, that says, um, why are you so fucking fat? And, you know, you're like a, like a, a kid who's in middle school who, ha you know, is getting all of this all the time and, and you get home and you're like, oh, cool. Someone asked me a question. And that's what it is. Like that one little thing could literally drive someone to suicide. And that's happened multiple, multiple times. Um... I, I just I I I can understand cyberbullying from like being the bully. I can understand you know I, I can understand it but but the difference with me in that regard is um going for that type of thing is just really weak and stupid and basic. Like there's so many things that you can make fun of people without resorting to that type of thing. But again it's like a lot of kids who are doing this stuff. And I just like if you go on Facebook, you can see kids on there, literal kids, and not like high schoolers or middle school. Like little kids will have Facebook accounts, and I, I've had multiple family members who's allowed their kids to get on Facebook to play games. Um, but I would report them all the time. I've had one kid uh, who's a family member. I've had like six Facebook accounts deleted because I reported on Facebook as being underage. <laughs> <laughs> and see, oh man! And see, Beautiful. That's, that's for his own good. He doesn't realize it. Uh, the parents don't realize it. Yeah, it's thank for his you. Own good. It's for my own good because I don't have to see that on my feed or anyone else has to see all that stuff. But um, you know, when you're allowing your kids to just have free reign, uh, you know, that's gonna happen. There's going to be things. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say it was cyberbullying because I wouldn't call it cyberbullying. But when I was 14, my docs were dropped and I was getting calls around the clock. Just harassment all the time. Def relay calls. My dad was getting def relay calls at work. 
So def relay being that you type on a computer and then um, a person <laughs> uh, takes what you you type like it as if it were a chat session and they call the person and they relay everything you say and everything that's said to them. They type it back to you. And so uh, it's made for obviously deaf people and they are federally required to say every single thing that is typed. And everything that's said, they have to type to the, the supposed deaf person. And it's an easy way to yeah. harass people over the phone. Unfortunately, due to that it was a business, they cannot block deaf relay calls due to the American Disabilities Act. So uh, home phone could block it, but they were still getting, we were still getting a lot of calls. So I had to set up a busy box to set our phone off the hook. Now, do I feel like I'm some victim that was driven to insanity? No, but I think I could see where some kids could have have been, you know, like, oh my God, my life's gonna end. Uh, and in one case, I'm going to bring up this is this is one of the most conflicting cyberbullying stories ever, ever for me. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Dandy. Are you familiar with a girl called J Jessie Slaughter? Um, I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, let me uh, let me tell you a little bit about her. But first, why don't we play a clip here of what started all of the drama? Hey, YouTube. It's Jessie Slaughter here, and this is to all you fucking haters, okay? Guess what? You guys are bitches, you know what? You don't phase me. I'm just doing this just so you can tell. I read the comments, I read the messages, I reply to them, but you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm happy with my life, okay? And if you can't like realize that and stop hating, then you know what? I'll pop a Glock in your mouth and make a brain slushy, okay? Cause you hater bitches, you're just like jealous of me. Just saying, you're jealous of me because, one, I'm more pretty than you, I have more friends, more people like me, I have more fans, um, yeah, and all that shit. I can't think of any more right now because I'm brain dead, and it's like 10, 19 in the morning, I just woke up like midnight, <laughs> okay, but it's early in the morning, so I'm like brain dead right now, so I can't think of anything, but haters, stop hating on me. You're just jealous because I'm perfect and you're not. Nobody else can be this pretty with no makeup on. So Jessie Slaughter, uh, which is, you're going to love this, Andy. She's from Florida. Uh, and this, this all took place in July 2010. So to give a little bit of a, a background behind uh, what you just heard there, uh, there is a site uh, called Stickham, and it was a site where you could uh, live stream yourself and I don't know why it was really popular with like scene kids um, so you'd get on there and you think of it kind of like uh, justin.tv before they shut that down uh, because twitch was the only thing that made any money um, it was you know you get your webcam you're live streaming there'd be a chat room and there was this huge community of like tweens uh, and preteens and teenagers that's mainly what was on that site and with it there was a forum called sticky drama and on this uh forum a user said that jesse slaughter was uh having sex with uh 
a member of uh, the Blood on the Dance Floor, a like um, I don't know, they're like an EDM group. Uh, it's like a duo, two guys. Yeah, yeah, they suck. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the quote here is a B O T D F lead singer, uh, Davi Vanity is at it again. Is apparently having a friends with benefits type of relationship with self-proclaimed scene queen Jesse Slaughter, who is only eleven. I have also talked to other people who say that they did fuck last summer when she was ten. Um, so then Jesse Slaughter, uh, she responds to it, which is what they always tell you with cyberbullying is not to engage, uh, but she did, and boy did she ever pay the price. Um, she posts a, uh, of the video, that little clip that we posted there, that, uh, you know, obviously the full video is much longer, and it was posted on B, on 4chan, um, so when that happened, uh, all of the, uh, the, you know, people in the thread, uh, started reacting to it, they thought this girl was just, like, the worst thing ever, um, and started going after her Tumblr, and, uh, just really a barrage of, of (laughs) harassment, so, then she, again, did the worst thing you could possibly do in the situation, which was engage, and so she uploads another video, and this one, holy crap, is just, I, 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 I don't even know how to, how to, put into words this is equally the worst thing uh you could ever do it is equally the most horrifying thing and also very entertaining at the same time um and so here is uh, a, a little clip here of that video okay you guys this is jesse Slutter, and you i know just want to say that you guys have ruined my life First i'm gonna tell you right now dad. this is from her father you bunch of lying, no good punks. And I know who it's coming from because I've backtraced it. Jeez. And I know who's emailing and who's doing it. And you've been reported to the cyber police and the state police. Right. So you one better write one more thing or screw with my computer again. You'll be arrested. End of conversation from her father. You wrote it yeah. fucking gonna come and beat her ass. And if you come near my daughter, guess what? Consequences will never be the same. You lying bunch of pricks. See, my house has been like this. Everybody's been posting stuff about me, okay? My, I, I am personally torn. I am torn. I am literally, I have been having emotional breakdowns one after another <laughs> for the past. You like mean sleep, you can't sleep, you can't eat because of them yes. fuckers. <laughs> you guys are just basically tearing me apart right now. I'm crying my eyes out if you haven't noticed that. <laughs> this is just stop hating. You're just ruining my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. She She's there, she's crying, she's freaking out. Uh, literally, like, makeup dripping down her face, and her dad comes in and starts yelling at the people on the internet, threatening the internet. The one thing you don't ever want to do is th- 
threatened the internet hate machine, uh, and he did that. Some notable quotes that are still uh, something I always use all the time. You done goofed. The consequences will never be the same. I backtraced it. And I've alerted the cyber police. Those are some memorable quotes there that live on to this day. Um, so, yeah, there was actual sites that were set up. YouDungGoofed.com And what was actually really funny is just days after all of this blew up, um, John Mayer actually quotes the dad in an interview on the Today Show. <laughs> he he says, I done goofed. He, it like literally says that. I, actually, let me play that for you right now. I learned don't talk to see if you have something to say. Talking to find out if you have something to say is a really bad way to find out that you had nothing to say. You know? A so good way to get yourself in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you're I done goofed, Matt. I done goofed. Absolutely. All right, so... Uh, yeah, after that that video was posted, it just blows up. Everything just goes insane. There are people who are, uh, like, they get doxxed. There's, you know, prank calls, all this stuff. The police actually get involved in this because people are uh, saying that the dad's uh, abusing the girl. And uh, at some point uh, during all of this, uh, actual nude photos of this 11-year-old girl get posted on 4chan. Which, really wrap your head around that. It, it went from, <laughs> look at this girl who's full of herself, uh, let's troll her, to, oh my god, this dude, he's freaking out, this is hilarious, to now there's like child pornography coming out. Like, that's like an extreme uh, jump off the edge there. Uh, so... Yeah, it was pretty awful, and allegedly those pictures were sent to the guy in that in that uh, EDM group, um, but who knows? Uh, anyways, there's um, so after all of this is going on, uh, she's still allowed to be on the computer. She her parents tell her just not to be on the webcam, so she's on Tiny Chat, and her dad is having a freak out and argument with her mom. And uh, Jesse gets slapped in it. You can hear the audio. I, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just, <laughs> it's just like so ridiculous. I can't Man, believe this. This story just gets more fucked up as you <laughs> keep going. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Um, so her mom gets it gets this like the, she gets interviewed and everything, uh, and. Uh, the, the mom doesn't know what's going on really. And she's trying to say like, yeah, I, she does these videos, but I haven't watched them. I can't watch her 24 seven. And it's like, look, I know firsthand when you start getting calls in the middle of the night, my parents were livid. I was in so much trouble and I really had nothing to do with it. When this girl's antagonizing people and y'all are actually like poking the bear like, why do you not just remove all access from the computer at that point? I mean, come on. Let's be decent parents here. I, I don't know. It just seems like a stupid thing to let your, your, your kid, literal kid, run wild when all of this stuff is going on. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to – you might want to take away, like, the engaging with the trolls because yeah. if they if they get bored, they'll move on. But it's still, like, I don't know. 
I didn't follow this too closely when it happened, but I don't see how she could be like antagonizing anyone if she's just uploading bullshit to the internet like everybody else. Uh, it, 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 you know, it was just like an annoying video, right? And then 4chan's like, yeah, we're going to jump on this. And then when the dad reacted with the threats of, you know, I've backtraced it and I've alerted the cyber police, it's just too quotable and meme-worthy not to uh, play it up. So imagine those things happen. You know how 4chan is. The, the memes just start growing and... The more they interact, the more this becomes a thing, you know? Uh, just a few days after all of this goes down, she ends up on Good Morning America. And she's interviewed and uh, asked why she, uh, you know, posted these videos. And she's, like, trying to explain it as being, uh, you know, she's just expressing herself. Well, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense there. But, um, anyways, all of that stuff happens and a police investigation starts because of all of the death threats they were getting. Uh, they wanted to be put into police protection and have the police involved. When the sheriff's department starts looking into it, uh, especially with that tiny chat thing, um, uh, a little bit like, what was it, six, seven, eight months later, uh, her dad is arrested uh, for child abuse charges, and after that, the um, the the girl Jessie is put into foster care, and later in 2011, so we're talking a year and a month after all of this happened, uh, some some YouTube account that's not associated with uh, Jessie Slaughter um, uploads a video apology, and where she. Uh, apologizes to the band uh, for accusing them and uh, explains that she's in foster care and went to mental hospitals uh, after all of this stuff. And then uh, three days after that video was uploaded to the internet, her father uh, passed away uh, from a heart attack. So, yeah. You went from... A little girl who had some accusation posted about her having sex with a member of a crappy EDM group to a year later her dad dying from a heart attack after all of this stuff going on. Now, uh, fast forward a few months later, uh, Jesse Slaughter comes back on the internet, but is a little different, uh, actually, uh, because... Jesse Slaughter is no longer Jesse Slaughter. Jesse Slaughter now identifies as uh, a dude uh, known as Damien. And Damien has a short life on the internet. And there's actually a complete interview with Damien. Uh, and then he disappears again. Uh, and no one really, I've not been able to find anything with Damien since uh, like 2012 or 2013, um, which if you look at the time, that I forget how old uh, he would be now, but yeah. So talk about a hell of a story there, right? That's cyberbullying on steroids. You go from a little kid who doesn't know anything about what's going on to literally having... 
a series of events occur, for better or for worse, actually, and that's the point I'm going to argue here, is uh, if she not if she would have not gotten all that exposure due to all the cyberbullying, uh, her father's child abuse may not have ever gotten like would have never have had the exposure it had to the sheriff's department, and she may not have ever been put into foster care. Then again, maybe all of this really stems back to the cyberbullying. We we will never really know the full extent of all of this, but yeah. What's your thoughts on that whole story? Do you feel depressed now? Yeah, yeah, man, I feel depressed. That's just so fucked up. Yeah, and that's the thing is so I don't even know what to even uh, to how to assess any of this stuff. It seems like Damien he's in a, a like better place. Well, that kind of comes with maturity, but uh, yeah. So you go with a little innocent girl who's being, well, I wouldn't say too innocent, but, you know, confused girl, uh, having her uh, child pornography, like her selfies posted on the internet, her entire life uh, crushed, and is now a guy who's just trying to get through high school or trade school or whatever. So, yeah, that's... That's uh, that's like my best cyberbullying story, <laughs> because it's like the most fucked up story out there that I can think of. Um, yeah, that that's incredibly fucked up. I mean, sure, it's good they got out of the uh, abusive, you know, situation, but it's not like the people that were doing all this knew that was even a thing. They were just doing it because oh, they got yeah. a kick out of fucking with somebody. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was totally it, a byproduct that any of that occurred. You know. Yeah, and it's not even like, you know, it doesn't sound like it was much like a uh, like a good-natured prank or something like that, but they were just like totally ruthlessly going after this person. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a raid. It was not a um I would equate this to uh swatting in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, it's it's pretty severe and fucked up for right. sure. Yeah. Um I mean, come on. It's one thing that, like, the original, the, the the OP of the video was, was you know, like, oh, look at this annoying girl, right? And, and everyone can be like, God, you know, she's annoying. Uh, I hate kids, whatever, you know. <laughs> but the, the, just how it blew up, oh, my gosh, is insane. There's actually a video out there of where this autistic kid uh, gets convinced by some trolls, uh, to where, um, he, he was a Twitch, he was a Twitch, uh, you know, a streamer, and, uh, they convince him it was Twitch support, yeah, they make him think that it's Twitch support, and that he was having, he was complaining about having issues, I think, with the frame rate on, uh, the game, so, they get on Skype, and they convince him, uh, through whatever social engineering, you know, uh, story they went through, uh, but they convinced this kid who, you know, was autistic that uh, they were Twitch support and they would help him. And how did they help him? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, they told him to put the laptop uh, in the oven and had him, like, literally baking the laptop. And then the battery, you had to take that out, you know. You don't want it to explode in the oven. 
Uh, but what do they do? They they tell him to put it in the microwave, and you can see the entire thing. Like this wasn't just you hear it. They they actually I forgot if they had he had his phone, iPad, something. But the entire camera view of all of this going down in the kitchen, you can actually see the the battery like sparking and everything. I mean, the thing could have exploded and killed the kid. Um, they then after all of this, the kid. I don't know how he believes any of this, but, you know, he's he's trusting these adults are not doing bad things, you know? You can tell he's nervous, yeah. but he's placed his trust in them. They then walk him upstairs and um, uh, make him put him a, a I, I don't I don't remember exactly, but it was a sequence of, of things to where you put, like, your your Xbox in developer mode or something, but basically they bricked his Xbox, walked him through the process of bricking it. And then after all of that, they explained to him that they, they were just doing that. They lied to him. And so the kid's like upset. And, you know, obviously he destroyed his mother's laptop. <laughs> like, could you imagine being the parent walking home? Like the kid's got to be crying and upset and everything. And, and, I can't imagine how the parent could even begin to understand all that occurred and how the hell that was even possible to occur. But, you know, it's like, wow, I don't know. I, I, I can get to where, oh, here's someone on Twitch. Let me uh, get in the game and find them and kill them and troll them that way. Uh, do that all day long. Walking a kid through potentially blowing up a, a battery in the kitchen and you know like there's just something there that's not okay yeah definitely i mean you're like that's how you start house fires i mean this isn't just like screwing around with somebody anymore this is like seeing how far you can push it be like yeah look how much of a dick i was to this autistic kid you know i don't understand how anyone wins in that sort of game yeah it, but it's easy to do that it's easy to do that when you're encouraged by other people. So in that case, there was two people on the call, and you know that that's that's funny uh, to to do that in that moment to them. Uh, how far can we go? You know. Um, yeah. And but but you know we can agree that all of that's awful. But I'm going to ask a question here. When is it okay to cyberbully? Yeah. Depending how you define cyberbully, I'd say never because there's the difference between like the cyberbully shit where you're actually trying to like fuck someone up and maybe like more good natured pranks sort of stuff. You know, it's the difference between like TPing someone's house and starting nasty rumors about him in high school. Right. Well, well, how about this? All right. What if there was someone who deserved to be cyberbullied? Like, here's an example. Uh, you remember the... Uh, so, so are you are you asking who cyberbullies the cyberbullies? Uh, well, and that's... that's <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it, should a cyberbully be bullied? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, it's not easy to answer, right? Because uh, you see pitchforks all the time on the internet, and we stand behind these, like, brigades that occur... When it, it seems like it's a just thing to get your pitchforks out about. Um, like that dude, the drug company CEO, who raised the, the price of the AIDS medication to like, uh, you know, it was like 70, $750. Uh, 
Um, yeah, you that know guy. that guy. Would anyone ever, ever feel bad about something negative happening to him? Uh, no, because he's an awful person. He goes on social media and brags about what he's done. Goes and be uh, he's like a cocky jerk on on TV. No one would care if if he was a victim of a ton of cyberbullying. If if he was doxxed, hell, I don't think people would even feel that bad, other than the the drain on resources if he got swatted. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think people would view it completely different in that context. Uh, but when is it okay to cyberbully someone? It, is it okay to cyberbully that guy? Do we want to see justice that we can't get because the system's rigged and he's the man and he's screwing people over who need medication? Uh, we want to see that guy fall. We want to see him pay for what he's done. Uh, but is is it okay to do it to him? Is there a time and place for cyberbullying? Is that... What what's your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because yeah, you do want to see some sort of misfortune come to him. Because like, him with that specific case, it's like okay, he's the one who has made the medicine for uh, AIDS and HIV positive people. The medicine they need to survive, incredibly expensive t- uh, for them. It's totally like reprehensible. He's the bad guy. Like any kind of comic book or cartoon you come up with, he's the bad guy. That's how like absolutely ridiculous that is. But um, yeah, that's tough because you want to fuck him up and not let him get away with it. But you also don't want to like stoop to their level, you know? Right. Well, here's a question. Like, say, um, all right, like you you know remember the snapping? Like, I I, I think it's something that you've definitely got to look at like on a case by case basis. Where if you if you absolutely want to go like the sort of uh, chaotic approach instead of lawful approach, you need to make sure it's in proportion to what's actually happened. Right. So you make some comments on a YouTube video that tells a girl she sucks, and that's the end of it. Not doing a full on raid that ends up crushing your life. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. But I mean. That's the sort of thing where you've got to evaluate it on a case-by-case basis. Like with Jesse Slaughter, I wouldn't have even cared. I would have like watched the YouTube video, laughed, and then like that's it. You yeah, know? yeah, there's, exactly. There's no sense in like going after some 11-year-old girl for anything. Like, you know, grow up and move on with your life. Yeah, oh, I I agree completely. Um, well, how about this? Like, what if uh, what if a cyberbullying victim? Oh, well, what would we call this cyberbullying? I guess if. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Like, say someone, you know, was skilled enough to where this victim's email got hacked and there was all kinds of, like, incriminating things about them that they would be embarrassing or they wouldn't want necessarily being out there. Some of their day-to-day activities or something like that that, I don't know. Like, maybe their iCloud account gets dumped. And uh, would you consider that cyberbullying or... Well, yeah, it can be. I mean, don't we all have some kind of expectation of privacy? Right. So, if your name was Aaron Barr, and you were the CEO of HB Gary Federal, um, and, you know, uh, your emails get hacked because you think you're a badass, um, is that, is that, is he being cyberbullied? 
Um, well, I'd say there's a difference between... And something you agree with. Like the corporate emails. Well, there's actually like a difference between personal email and corporate email. Because uh, you're right. What about Sarah Palin's email getting hacked? Um, and her personal emails being leaked out onto the internet on 4chan. Uh, I think that's out of line, but you also are starting to see a lot of politicians using personal email for actual government business. To get away from having, you know, the the information potentially being given to the people of the country. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, transparency. To, to try and, like, avoid transparency. Yeah, but, but that's, a, I mean, I'm giving a high-profile example there, but, like, if you got your email hacked and someone dumped it all online... That would not, you know, you wouldn't think of it as like some kind of um, thing other than, well, oh, someone's being a dick to me. I'm being targeted. Like, why, why would someone do that? But, well, when it's Sarah Palin or Aaron Barr, we think that it's like a noble cause. It's something that, that we can, necessarily not noble cause, but we don't identify it as cyberbullying. So at what point does, do these things become cyberbullying? Because they're doing it in a malice intent, regardless of what you're looking at there. Uh, cyberbullying doesn't even just have to be about kids. There was that girl who committed suicide because she fell in love with this fake uh, MySpace profile that her neighbor uh, and her daughter uh, concocted and, and led her on for months and then told her that she was like too ugly or something and she killed herself over it. Like That's obviously cyberbullying, but if we did that to someone we absolutely hate uh, collectively... No, we don't view it that way. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's kind of like a, we get to pick and choose when we apply those type of. Uh, it seems like cyberbullying is for something bad, um, and then we just say it happened, and you know, report on it as non-cyberbullying if it's something we agree with. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's not entirely that. I mean, that typically a bully is a person who is going after someone that has less power than they do so they're like you know dude, if they want to dude we're hackers everyone has less power than us yeah i know it's fucked up well i mean not necessarily like you look at sarah palin when she was running for president she was governor of alaska you know if you're a citizen of alaska she has more power than you do that's just how it works until you uh reset her yahoo password using wikipedia uh for the answer <laughs> uh yeah except but, then but that's what i'm power. saying it, it, but, but then you're like you have power over her email account, and then she still has all the other power, like yeah, like that reality series. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. She she has power, uh, and so when she's getting poked at, we don't view it as being so bad. But I don't know, man. It just seems like there's a uh, you know, it's it's where it's okay to do it over here, but not okay over here. I think it should be the Wild West, where everyone's fair game or no one's fair game. I, I well, guess I'm too. Sick. I mean, it, it's not it's not totally fair to do it like that, then, because then you'll have the 11 year old Jesse Slaughters of the world getting shit on by people that are terrible. Well, okay, so there's also that whole mentality of like toughen up. I know it gets really hard, like, it's not really, that's not a fair thing to say, it's toughen it up, but the reality is, it's like, the sexual harassment thing, it's awful, it's awful, we should not accept this, it should not be something that we uh, accept as, um, you know, a collective human race, but 
on the internet, you are seeing people in a more true sense, a humanity in its truer form, I would argue, than you would, uh, you know, AFK, because of the fact that because you can be behind your anonymous facade, you can create accounts, you have a mask on, you can say things, you can do things that you would not do face-to-face. So the true humanity of what that person is comes out in this online forum, whatever it may be, and that's that's ultimately what the issue is. It's not that it's, you know, bullying isn't the, the, the issue here. Cyberbullying is not worse than other things. It's just in this scenario, you're seeing humanity, uh, you know, be be themselves. So I, I don't I don't see the, a solution of like trying to make laws to protect people. It, you're not going to protect them as long as we value um, having privacy online and being able to have accounts that are anonymous. Uh, we're, we're always going to see this. It's never going to go away because that's humanity in its true form. Well, but what, once you say it's like humanity in its true form now, this isn't like the specific cyberbullying, but now you're actually like getting into all this human nature shit. And that's like... Well, is that not you know, what bullying is though? It's a reflection of how society's structure set up and how people deal with it. Uh, bullying yeah, is a yeah, bully is. for certain reasons. And a victim's a victim for certain reasons. So it is kind of a bigger thing than just one tiny little topic that we put in a shelf over here and pull it out when we want to hand out pamphlets about cyberbullying, you know? That's reflective of a bigger issue within society. Yeah, and so I'd, I'd say, like, there's there's two different things here. There's how society ought to be, like how reality ought to be, and how it actually is. So... Telling people to just toughen up for shit, yeah, that's not something that you can tell someone and expect to be taken well, or of even course. something that you should tell people because, like, yeah, they shouldn't yeah. have to deal. They shouldn't have to toughen up, right? To deal with bullying and harassment and stuff. But on the other hand, you do also have this expectation of, you know, this is where reality's at, and you have to meet reality where it currently is instead of where it should be exactly you know so it's like the whole gamergate thing when it started i'm going to talk about gamergate because holy shit we'll, we'll be like on yeah, fire man. in two we, days how long we've we been here and now we're just going to start on gamergate no i'm, I'm just I'm, yeah no i'm making one comment <laughs> about it is that it started out as uh a dude making a blog post making some allegations about this girl and then it blows into this huge thing that keeps on going on. I don't even understand why it keeps going on. But it's because we have this whole um, issue with, uh, you know, uh, just the fact that there are issues there that we can't easily resolve. Uh, but people expect it to be resolved and it should be resolved. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. You know, like, I don't agree with either side on a lot of different things, but what, what can we do? Like, it's it's self-perpetuating at some point. Uh, the toughen up thing is about the only thing we can actually do right now because society's catching up to the way things are. Things are better than they used to be, you know what I mean? Like, if you were homosexual 20 years ago compared to 10 years ago, 
compared to today in high school, you're going to have way different experiences. So we are getting better. Women are actually able to, uh, having some progress in, in the way they're treated. And, you know, everyone's, we're, we're progressing in society. But in the meantime, what the fuck are we supposed to do but say, life's shitty, uh, here's some tips, but we can't guarantee it if you're going to be a part of this experience, you're going to be susceptible to it potentially at some point. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think there's like kind of uh, two sides to, not, not so much two sides to the same coin, but two things to do simultaneously because we want to get better as a society, like as we have been doing slowly. So we've got to try and push for better things in that direction. But we also have to say, like, okay, until we get there, we've got to deal with the shitty way that things are right now. So you kind of have to do both, I think. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Uh, and if you if you are uh, worried about being a victim of cyberbullying, I can't believe I'm about to recommend this website, but it, it does have good information on it. Uh, go to https colon slash slash online safety feminist com, and you can it's it's actually a really decent guide that's why i'm recommending it you can um it's got a lot of good tips on there uh to help you out um but number one number one rule is never ever ever engage the trolls your harassers just let it be uh, lawyer up, delete Facebook, and hit the gym. That's literally all you can do. That's actually literally what I have to do this week. Well, then there you go. That, that's the perfect, uh, uh, you know, note to wrap it up uh, on. So, do you have any last words, Zandy? Um, yeah. If you happen to be in East Germany, keep your eye out for Sternberg. It's like the second cheapest beer you can get, which means it's both good and cheap. Awesome. That's, that sounds inc- that's an incredible piece of advice. So thank you. Hell yeah. I, I want to thank Mr. Chin for being on for the short time he, he was. And Black Math will hopefully be back next week and hopefully not drunk. or Well, actually, I'd love to see him drunk on the show. But thank you for everyone for listening. And from everyone here at Shadow Systems, as always, we encourage you to hack the planet. Shadow Systems.